Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, are you looking for inspiration? If so, you just found it. The Intentionally Inspirational Podcast exists for the purpose of motivating people with stories, thought-provoking conversations, and through interviews with aspiring entrepreneurs and professionals. What can I say? Positive energy is healthy, addictive, and contagious. So collectively, we can make a significant impact on business and the world. Now for your host, with an endless need for change and comic relief, Jason Wright. Hi, it's me, Jason Wright. I'm your host. Welcome to another high-quality episode of the show. Glad you guys are tuning in. As always, I'm having a blast making this for you, so I hope it's uh, beneficial for you. We've got some new resources to talk to you guys about this week um, over at our website, intentionallyinspirational.com. Those new resources would include our blog, which is in its infancy, so give it time, but there's good stuff there so far, and Intentionally Inspirational TV, which will be our YouTube channel once we get everything set up. So we've got some great ideas for that. I think it'll be uh, inspirational and valuable for you as well. And we are going to begin to sprinkle in more personal development content into our podcasts for you, the listener, as well, to try to help you guys become better versions of yourself. So those are positive and exciting changes, and I hope you guys enjoy them and look forward to them as much as I do. This episode is brought to you guys by Audible. Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial just by going to my affiliate link. And let's see if I can get this right this time. It's www.audible.com audibletrial.com forward slash inspire. I realized after the last show where I gave you guys the corrected link that it was actually still wrong. So third time's a charm. I swear that's the right link. And uh, on the topic of sponsors, I actually uh, have some new ones to put into the mix in future shows. And what I'll probably do is rotate them around and kind of see what you guys like best. Uh, I want to you know, offer you the best value that I can and you can communicate with me by email or reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter or any way that you want to, uh, to let me know what you think. So definitely some different things I can mix in and I'll probably start doing that next week. Well, today we've got a great interview with a good friend of mine. Uh, it's a very long interview, the longest one I've done, but not long enough. And the reason I say that is when myself and John walked away from it. We knew, we kind of looked at each other and knew that this wouldn't be the last time we talk on air. So um, John Barrett is my guest this week. Uh, the show's a little bit late coming out, but I guarantee it's worth it. Uh, really, really excited to get this thing published so you guys can hear it. So by the time you're hearing this, it's obviously published. But um, yeah, we we got lost in conversation, had a great time with it. And like I said, that won't be the last time we talk. Uh, let's get into it. It's good stuff. Hello, everybody. Today I'm talking to a good friend of mine that some of you may know very well. It's John Barrett. Let me tell you what I know about John. John is an author of two books. He is a speaker and a John Maxwell certified coach, teacher, and speaker. He is a musician. He's got one album out and a brand new song out as well. Uh, He's an artist. He's also a podcast host for the podcast Faithology and an associate pastor. Now that's a lot of stuff going on. John, welcome to the that's show. That's right. Good to be here with you, Jason. <laughs> Glad to be here with you, man. 
Yeah, so uh, obviously I shared uh, just a touch about what I know about you. Uh, what else would you like the listeners to know about John? Wow. Uh, man, you, you, you summed it up pretty well. I'm, I'm a Renaissance guy, man. I'm, I'm like a... I want to be a modern-day Leonardo da Vinci, you know what I mean? Just like your hand in every cookie jar, uh, or as my, my health friends like to say, uh, not a cookie jar, but more into like the, the prune, prune jar or something, right, if I want to be healthy. But, no, I, you know, I, I love life. Um, you know, I, I've always, since I've been young, I've always had a desire just to learn and to be my best at what I do. I think my parents instilled that in me. So for me, I'm a lover of life, so I just enjoy learning. I enjoy experiencing life. If there's something I look at and I think, boy, how do you do that? I'm the kind of guy that just says, I need to learn how to do that and, uh, and, and pick it up. So, but because of that, that's, that's kind of opened the door for me to, to do a lot of these things kind of that you mentioned, kind of multifaceted you know, with, uh, with the art to the leadership to the coaching to the business side and helping people develop their business. And, and their impact, their income, their influence. So, uh, but that's it, man. You summed it up pretty well, Jason. Well, I'm sure the question on everybody's mind is, how in the world do you balance your time with all these things? <laughs> Very strategically. Um, actually, I am a uh, what's the word? I am a a diehard uh, time guy. In fact, I've got a free ebook on my website, johnbarrettblog.com. That's how to get more time. And, uh, and and I would that was just kind of like a passion book, right? Just the thing that I thought, you know, I am such a a, a studier of just productivity and time and how to use it wisely. And I think that stems because my hand is in so many prune jars, not cookie jars. I guess. <laughs> um, you know, my hand is in so many jars that I, I I want to get the most out of life. But in order to do that, the very first thing that I've got to do is get a hold of my time, right? I mean, you know, you can make more money, you can make more networks and more business, you can create more things, but you never can create more time. It, it, it is truly the, the most um, fleeting commodity that we have and the most important asset that we have. So if you're not a, a studier and, and, and just someone that truly looks at your time and, and spends as much time as you can by maximizing your time, then you're really going to miss out on life because you can never get it back, right? And in the Bible says, I love this in, in the Bible, it says that um, to teach us to number our days. It says, it's, it's, you know, when he's talking to God, it says, teach us to number our days. And, and it's the idea of really understanding how to use our time wisely, right? And when we look at it that way, it's a whole different perspective. So for me, how do I do it? Uh, I spend a lot of time planning. I spend a lot of time looking at my week, my projects, my productivity, uh, my meetings, all the things that I want to create and I do. And I have a big plan to go about those things. I think it was Ben Franklin who said uh, that for every minute you spend preparing, you save 10 to 12 minutes in execution. And, and uh, Jim Rohn kind of coined that as well in his book, um, Eat, Eat That Frog, you know, how to, how to be more productive. Um, but I think that idea of spending time preparing on the front end helps you be super victorious on the back end. So when it comes time to do all this stuff – guess what? I can do everything that I'm doing and still have time for my family and still have time for me, still have time for just what I call wild card time with that's whatever I want to do. If I want to go watch a movie, if I want to zone out on the internet for a half hour and just have fun or surf around, I can do that. But I've been very, very intentional. Hey, just like the name of the podcast. Right? <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's kind of me and, and, and how I've done that is I, I would, I think, chalk it up to 
being very good at preparing. Well, that's, uh, it's really interesting to hear you say that because I, I would say my biggest weakness is exactly what one of your biggest strengths is. I've got good ideas. I'm really good about doing, taking action uh, pretty aggressively, but my time management, man, sometimes I look back over the course of a day or a week and I'm like, how in the world is it Friday? You know, what, yes. what did I do for Where did it go? Yeah, so um, yeah. I, I certainly need to uh We well, need to get my free ebook. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on it. I'll get it today because <laughs> I, I seriously need uh, I need that sure. in my corner. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, it's clear to me, and I'm sure everybody listening, that you've got no shortage of motivation. If somebody thinks you do, perhaps their ears <laughs> need to be cleaned. What motivates you to push yourself? Help us really understand what makes you tick. Yes. Well, I, I think there's two things that, that come to mind. There, there's two motivational factors in my life, and, and I believe everybody really has these two and, uh, and should really identify and be intentional about these two because I think there's an internal motivation and there's an external. And by internal, I mean that which is with inside of me. And my internal drive is to squeeze every ounce of life and purpose out of me. I want to live full and die empty. That's my internal drive. That, mm-hmm. I, I believe that we were created for greatness by a great God to do great things. And because of that, I just believe that there is so much for us to do in life. We have unlimited potential. So for me, the internal motivation is I don't want to leave one stone unturned in my life. I want to accomplish everything that's been in my heart to do, and that drives me. That That's what gives me a pep in the step. Then that doesn't mean I don't have some unmotivated days and maybe some down days and maybe some tired days, but again, it goes back to that planning. I make sure that I give myself some time to rest and recover. I plan that into my schedule so that I do have that pep in the step and that I do stay more on that internal motivation to say, you know what, I want to live full and die empty. I don't want to come to the end of my life and and look back and, and say, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have stepped out and done that. I just want to do it. So if that idea comes in, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to make it happen some way. So that's the internal is very much me-centric in the sense of, uh, just squeezing every ounce of life that, that I've been called to do. The external drive is is my passion to help others. It's to make a difference in people's life, for them to experience some of those things, things that I experience internally. I want them to internally you know, awaken to their potential and, and all the dreams that are in their heart. So that is my external drive. That's what fires me up about being able to connect with others and create resources and coach and lead and whether that's helping somebody you know double their income in their business and their effectiveness within their business, whether that's doing some more personal coaching with somebody and helping them to kind of maximize their dreams and, and the ideas that they have and figure out how to get those out and make those a reality. Whether Whatever it is that I'm doing, that external drive is I want to help people become the best that they can be. And, and I just, that, that fires me up. It has, I, I can remember being in high school and just having that drive to help others. Now, it wasn't as mature and refined as it is now, um, but I still have that desire just to see people really experience a great life. And uh, so th- does that make sense? That's oh, kind yeah, of an internal absolutely. and an external. And I think everybody's got to identify that. What's your internal drive and what's your external? And don't confuse those two, mm-hmm. right? You, you have to know which one is what. And make sure that you do have an internal, because I think a lot of people have an external drive, but they don't know their internal drive. 
Sure. Right. They haven't come into harmony with that yet or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. They know internally they're very motivated. Man, mm-hmm. I, I got dreams. I want to do the best. I want to give my life for a cause. But then externally, they don't really know what to do with themselves. How do I take the first step? Yeah. How do, and where? And what, what do I do and all that? And so, again, it's sitting down. I'll go back to that planning. Right. It's sitting down and being very intentional on the front end, uh, you know, to use the, the biggest tool that God gave us, the most powerful device that God gave us is that thing between our two ears. That's our brain. Mm-hmm. And and that's what separates us from every other, you know, animal and all those things is that ability to think, that ability to process and use that muscle that God gave us to truly maximize the potential that he's put within us. Well, what's really nice about what you said is uh, something I was just thinking about when you were talking there at the end. You know, that our mind also gives us the opportunity to start doing things differently at any mm-hmm. time. You know, if, you, if you've done something one way for so long, you don't have to keep doing it that way. If you don't like your results, tweak something. So, That's right. Awesome stuff. I like well, that. let me ask you this is kind of off the notes here, but I'm sure people are wondering, I'm certainly wondering, were any of these different areas that you're involved in, were they scary to get involved with? Yes. To get started with, I should say? Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story, a quick story about, you know, and, and if, if you knew me and people that do know me would, would be surprised to hear this. Very surprised because they, they probably think I'm a pretty uh, just gun ho, no fear, jump in, go, 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 motivational kind of guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, I can remember when I joined the John Maxwell team. And, and if you're not familiar with who John Maxwell is, he's, he's the number one, literally named the number one leadership expert in the world by Forbes and Corporate Magazine, Success Magazine. I mean, he holds the title. And, um, and I joined John's team. John's been a big influence of mine reading his books since I was 19 years old. And, um, and this was just maybe, you know, five years ago or so, right? So this is pretty recent. I joined the team. And this is a big step for me, really. I mean, getting into the business community, the leadership. I'd already, I've been doing a lot of leadership training, but this is a big step, right, to rub shoulders with John, with his team. So I went to Orlando to our training. And the first night I got there, there was this big networking mixer before the conference started, right? Hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the world, 136 countries represented. Top, top echelon people, right? I mean, just highly successful people joining this team. I go to the mixer that night. I finally find my way there. It was really hard to get to. And uh, I paid $20, I think, for parking, right, in the, in the garage because it was at the World Marriott there by Disney. And, uh, and I go into the mixer, and I'm just dressed like a normal dude, right, just like I normally dress, right? I, I'm not in this business mindset yet. I mean, I had been, but it's it was very like Southern California business, yeah. like, you know, sandals and t-shirt. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say no shoes at all. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was about that close. And I walk into this mixer and there is hundreds of people drinking martinis with suits and ties mingling. And I, I you talk about a fish out of water, man. I mean, I walk up there and I'm intimidated as could be. And, and I'm, I'm, I don't know anybody, right? And everybody's talking like they know each other. I mean, there's just, you know, these people that are just mingling. And, and I'm overhearing conversations, right? So I'm going to go get a drink just to have something to do so I don't feel awkward. And, uh, and I'm overhearing people talk about, yeah, I signed a contract the other day for $55,000 with this person. $150,000 here and a million dollars. And I'm overhearing this going, what am I doing here? <laughs> and, no, literally, and I left. I left that night. Now, it was just a mixer. The conference was going to start the next day. But I was just so, um, and then not fearful, but just almost frustrated with myself, just kind of like, what am I doing? That internal voice started saying, yes. hey, you don't belong here. Yeah, you don't yeah. belong here, man. These aren't your people. Yeah. Bro, you're not at this level yet. Yeah. And you know what? I went back to my hotel that night. 
And uh, I, didn't, I didn't go and, you know, cry in my pillow or anything. But I just went back, and I just remember thinking, man, tomorrow's a new day. You're going to get up and face this. But, wow, you talk about feeling a fish out of water. But you know what's crazy? By the end of that conference, three days later, 100% different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in fact, I went in, and as I, as I connected with people and began to talk to them, and, and I don't say this to be prideful. I hope that doesn't sound that way. But, but I, I went in, and I went, you know what? I know just as much, if not more, as many of these people in this room. Isn't that a powerful revelation? It was. When you finally say, you know what? Why not me? Yeah, why not? That's yeah. good, Jason. I like that. I like that's exactly that. what happened. I walked away from that going, you know what? I've got something to offer this world, and, and it's in me. And, and I knew that because as I connected with people in, in, in our lunches and breakfast and just started talking, just connecting with people and really seeing the true them, you know what I found out? Everybody else was scared too. Oh, yeah. Everybody else oh, yeah. was, was intimidated. But when we all just came together and just allowed who we were to come out mm-hmm. and not put this pretense on or oh, yeah. this intimidation, when we just all opened up, we all realized, man, we're all in this together. Oh, yeah. We're just trying to be the best we can be. And we don't all have the answers, but we're going for it. So so anyway, so for me, I, you know, I am motivated, but but I still have to face things like anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And in those fears and those intimidations. But you just got to keep pushing. One thing I forgot to mention, I mentioned this on the last show, but this episode is live. So I'm staring at John and he's staring with me. (laughs) That's right. You're looking good today, man. Thank you. You too. (laughs) And the reason I bring that up is I wish I had video so you guys could see the intensity and focus in his eyes. (laughs) I now Uh, know what a gazelle sees right before a lion strikes. (laughs) I like that. I mean, it's, it's powerful. I mean, you can hear it in his voice. You can see it in what he's done and what he's doing, but... To actually look in his eyes and, and hear go. these words come out, man, it is. I hope you guys can feel it. It is powerful. So, just wanted to remind you this is first of hopefully more uh, future live shows. So yeah. it's kind of neat. All right, John, uh, you've obviously done a lot to this point in your life, and I believe you have a lot more you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But what would you say the greatest challenges that you faced thus far, and how'd you overcome that? That's an easy one. Uh, the biggest challenge by far, I mean, infinitely off the chart, the biggest challenge I've ever faced is me, myself, and I. Oh, yeah. That would be me. Yep. Um, I, I have been, and I think many people are like this, really your biggest stumbling block to success is yourself. It really is. It, it's the programming that, that you've come to believe. It's the limited beliefs. It's it's those fears. It's those voices, like you said, that, that come out of you. You know, kind of we call it on the John Maxwell team the gremlin, right? That we all have this sort of gremlin inside of us that's just negative, grouchy, that mm-hmm. you know doesn't want to do anything and tells you how bad you are every time you try to do something. So my biggest challenge has not been business deals. It's not been, you know, finishing this book or this project or doing that. It's been myself, and and pushing myself to be and do more. And, you know, I think that, that for me, I've had to really push myself to, you know, kind of like I, I mentioned, and like, like in those scenarios where I'm there and, and just push myself and say, you know what, you're not going to allow this thing to get you down. You're not going to allow this thing to, to keep you from the destiny that's inside of you. But that's been my biggest challenge. I, I think one of our presidents said that if I could kick the guy most responsible from all my troubles, I wouldn't be able to sit down for a week. <laughs> and uh, and I, I can't remember if it was Truman or, or, or somebody said that. But, uh, but I, I love that statement, and that's been so true of my life. My biggest challenge has not been others, although you know some people have been challenging. Uh, but it's really been myself. It's been overcoming that self-limiting belief that for whatever reason we get programmed with, and some worse than others, 
um, but really challenging myself to push myself to be and do more. That's been my greatest challenge. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I've overcome that and am overcoming it. I don't think you ever do, right? I mean, if, if you don't have some fear of your dream, then you're probably not dreaming big enough, right? I mean, if you yep. just think I, – I, I remember Walt Disney. I'm a huge Disney fan. I think Walt Disney was just a brilliant guy. Oh, and and yeah. I, I love Disney and, and going down there. And our family went there a few times. And um, one of the things that, that – a great story that, that I've heard about Disney from his executives – is that they tell the story that when Walt would come into a room, he would throw some grandiose idea out. You know, a huge boardroom. You can imagine this long conference table with all these highly, highly creative execs. And, and he would throw this idea out on the table. You know, I can, I can see him just kind of like tossing it down the wood table as it glides down the oh, table. Yeah. You know, here's my idea. And here's what was this thing. If everybody in the room agreed that they could do it, he would say, I'm sorry, guys. Give it back. It wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. If you think we can all accomplish it that easily, then we're underselling ourselves on what we can actually do. Mm-hmm. And I love he wanted resistance. In fact, if he didn't he if he didn't feel resistance from the dream or the project, he knew it wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. And and I think, wow, I love that. So we're all gonna have that. And if you stop having that, then then you've stopped growing to your maximum potential. There should be an element of you that that is a little bit scared that is a little bit thinking, I don't know how, I don't know how this is going to work or, or how it's going to be, but I know it's in me. Mm-hmm. And in that, so again, my challenge has been overcoming myself and continuously overcoming myself when there's a new project or opportunity or a new season where I need to take a bigger step mm-hmm. and then say, John, don't get in your way, right? And, and say, go, and, and don't keep yourself from what you have the potential of being. So it's been me. That's been my biggest challenge. I think that's very well said, and a, a phrase popped in my head that I've that's popped in my head in the past many times, and I'll find myself thinking about something new. Like, for example, here recently I've been thinking about uh, publishing some online courses for various things. Like, you know what? All of us have unique value and experience and ideas, and uh, I was kind of entertaining the idea when people see value in it, and then as I go through it more and more, I say, you know what? I'm having over-analysis paralysis. Yes. I'm just going to do it. That's right. And, you know, I was reading about Elon Musk yesterday, and he's kind of the modern-day um, Steve Jobs, oh, or yeah. even more so. I mean, you've got a guy that's Innovative. built an electric car company that almost went bankrupt once that now I think is just fine. And you've got his SpaceX program. Yeah. I mean, who, how many people would, would come up with, oh, we're going to take people in space for, you know, um, passengers or, or whatever, and that almost went bankrupt, and it looks like now he might actually pull it off. Yeah. And if you look at his history, here's a guy that – I mean, gambles huge, and I think most people, when they hear his ideas, they're like, "Come on, man!" And that's kind of right what you're talking about. Yes, you know, he uh, was one of the founders of PayPal before it was called PayPal, and this is all fresh in my head because I just read it. But you know what? I don't know him, but I can tell you, if he can do it, so can you or I. That's right. I mean, we're all people. We all come in and yes. go out the same way. So that's right. Uh, and I hope somebody listening is paying attention to this because even though. That doesn't sound realistic. Well, I can't make a space flight pro. Why can't you? Why can't you? If you tell yourself you can't, I guarantee you can't. Yeah. It's absolutely guaranteed. But what I try to do for myself and what I would recommend to you guys is if you have an idea, don't think about it too much. Just do it. See what happens. Because you don't know what's going to happen unless you try. That's right. Yeah, there's there's nothing that, that you can't do. I, I mean, I truly believe that. There's no reason that you can't, right? There, there's always a way. There's always... Uh, an opportunity that you can get a hold of and get out there. And so never believe that 
the the belief that that you you can't right well yeah absolutely and i think about what you said earlier about our time is limited and it's it's always you know depleting that supply is always mm-hmm. getting smaller and we don't know when it's going to end but uh, it makes me think i actually talked to a guy yesterday and he was telling me about this entrepreneurial venture that he wanted to do but he hadn't done it yet. I said, well, what are you waiting for? Well, I want to wait five or six months. I said, well, what's going to happen in five or six months? And, you know, what it reminded me of is a, a, young, a little bit younger version of myself because it's very easy to come up with all the reasons why now is not a good time. But mm-hmm. you really need to remember that time's not promised. It's not promised at all. So if you have an idea or you want to try something, jump in today. Don't do it tomorrow. Jump in today. That's good. What golden nuggets, John, would you give our listeners to take away from what you've told us thus far? You know, I, I think you just said it right here, is, is just go, right? I mean, you have to get a result in order to improve a result. And too many people are trying to improve a result before they even got it, mm-hmm. right? So, they're, mm-hmm. again, the paralysis of analysis. And what they're doing is, is they're, they're trying to do things perfect from the get-go, right? Well, I just I don't have it right yet. It, it's not time yet. And really all that is an, is an excuse, right? It's just... You know, lies are just excuses in disguise, right? Or mm-hmm. excuses are just lies in disguise. Yep. And, and that of, you know, you, you have to get a result in order to improve it. So if you're waiting for this perfect result, well, my friend, you'll never do it. Yep. You're never going to get it. The only way a, a result gets perfect, if it even ever does, is because you've gotten a result and then you've tweaked it and you've made it better. Nobody, you know, Michael Jordan didn't come out of the womb, you know, being the basketball player that he is. In fact, he was cut from the high school basketball team. Right, I mean, you, and we could go with a million analogies here, but nobody starts great. They just they start junky. They start terrible. Oh yeah, and then they just get better as they go. Yep. And it's the ones that stay with the process that get a result and then improve the results that then we hear about some result, but that was probably thirty results, you know, from the beginning one. Yep. Right. I was just uh, listening to a, a podcast this morning. Uh, called Beyond the To-Do List, great podcast. I, I really enjoyed about productivity and, and that. But um, he was interviewing the, the interview there, and and uh, one of the guys, you know, he was talking about that. He said, you know, people see all the success that I have. What they don't see is all the failures it took me to get there, right? They see the, the New York Times book that I wrote, and they think, oh, my gosh, you wrote a book. It became New York's Times bestseller. He said they don't see the, the 12 books in my garage that nobody bought. You know what I mean? It, that, that it took me to write those 12 mm-hmm. in order to get to that New York Times bestseller. And in mm-hmm. fact, it, you know, it was it's, it's a compounding effect. And success is always that way. Nobody just, I mean, yeah, every now and then somebody stumbles upon success or whatever. But come on, you know, 99% of the time, uh, success is a series of steps. It, it's, it's, it's walking through one door that leads you to another door, that leads you to another door, that leads you to another door, another door, another door. You get the point. And about 50 doors down the road, you finally open this one door where everybody acknowledges you, yep. right, and yep. says, how did you do it? You yeah. know, I can't believe it. You're just, I wish I was that amazing. And you go, well, yeah, but you're on door three. I'm on door 47, mm-hmm. you know, so just hang with it. Mm-hmm. So my advice, the golden nugget would be go, start. You know, I heard a great statement. When's the best time to plant a tree? Well, 20 years ago. So when's the next best time? Today. Yep. Right now. Yep. Right? So don't start. And and I think for me, what attributed to a lot of my success, and I think this will be true for anybody, is that, you know, I didn't wait for opportunities before I started to prepare. I prepared and opportunities came as a result. Mm-hmm. And so many people that I talked to, 
you know, they'll say, you know what? I'm going to start writing that book when I have an audience. What? How do you think you're going to get an audience? <laughs> By writing the book. Yeah. Right? Or they say, you know what? I'm going to prepare for this project when I get it, you know, when somebody hires me to do it. What? No, no. It's through your preparation that opportunity comes. John Wooden said this, Coach John Wooden. He said, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. So the problem is this, is that so many people wait for opportunity and then they start preparing. Well, then it's too late. You're, and, and even if you do it, you're not going to do it very well probably, right? Mm-hmm. But if you prepare on the front end, then when the opportunity comes, you're ready to go. And, and I'll give you a good example of my life. Uh, being, you, know, you mentioned I'm an associate pastor, and, and I do that and, and been in ministry for many, many years. Uh, I can remember when I, was in, I lived in Tennessee, lived by myself, single guy in a house, and, uh, and, and one of my friends will attest to this that, that was a good friend there. And, uh, you know, he, he would come over to my house on a Friday night, right? Whenever I was like 20 years old or something, 21 years old. Everybody else was, you know, Friday night going, hanging out and all this stuff. He'd come over to my house and I'd have a pipe. And I'd be in my robe and I would be reading books <laughs> about how to do ministry. And if that offends you, I'm sorry. But, uh, you was know. It was a moleskin robe. It, yeah, yeah, it was. And, and Travis Avery, you know, he's a good friend oh, yeah, of ours. Travis is the this. one that would attest to this. He, he would knock on my door and go, what are you doing, dude? And, and, and he's just like, are you like 70? And, and and I would be there. I'd have a pipe, and I'd have a book, and, and I was reading. And you know, But here's what I was doing. When everybody else was kind of hanging out and just you know goofing off, you know what I was I was preparing. I was reading leadership. I was reading about how to put together you know different things and different opportunities. And, and as I was preparing for that, doors began to open up for me. And when they did, I was ready for my time when it came yep. because I was prepared. Yep. And too many people wait for an opportunity before they start getting ready for it. What I say is this. Get ready for whatever it is you want to be. If you want to be in this career, you need to start doing it now and preparing for it now. If you want to, if you want to double your income, okay, you need to start acting and start doing just what you would do if your income was doubled right now. Does that That's make sense? Great advice. So you start preparing for it now so that the opportunity comes. Yeah. And it's when you get in harmony with that, when you start actually living that way now, you will begin to see the opportunities and doors open. Again, it's that law of attraction, right? The way that God has set it up in this universe. That, that these things, right? You know, why does misery love company? Because it attracts each other. Well, so does success. And so it's the idea that you begin to start thinking and doing and planning the way that you want to be, and you'll find that the opportunity will come because you're already going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And too many people wait till they start going in that direction or until somebody asks them to or they get that job or they get that opportunity, and then they go, man, i got to really work. i got to get this thing and, and live up to it. No, you should have already been living up to it before you even got it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and I think that's the nugget. I think that's a big, a, a, a big element of of why so many opportunities have come my way. It's not because I'm lucky or any of that. It's because I prepared on the front end, and opportunities came up on the back end, and I was ready for them. No, I think that's great advice, and it kind of reminds me of the story of the ant and the grasshopper. If winter's already here and you're trying to gather food, you're yeah. probably not going to make it to spring. Yeah. Well, the Bible in Proverbs, Solomon talked about that, right? Uh, I mean, he said, you know, he who uh, uh, gathers food in the spring, right, is ready for, for the harvest. And, uh, you know, it's the idea that when you when you procrastinate, right, when you're diligent, as Proverbs says, 
then there's so many great things that come your way. But poverty comes to the lazy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's not a mean statement. That's just a truthful statement. I mean, even Proverbs, Solomon talks about that. And do a study in Proverbs on the diligent man and the lazy man. Wow, you talk about an awesome study. I mean, he lays it out, what a diligent man looks like and the success and the wealth that it brings. And then look at the lazy man and see the poverty and, and, and see all the broken things that are in their life. And it all stems from what? From lazy and diligent, right? Which one are you going to be? In fact, Proverbs says uh, the, the, the fool or the, the lazy person loves sleep, right? They just sleep their life away. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're just, they're constantly just kind of, you know, zoning out and all that, you know, whether it's daydreaming or, or sleeping too much or whatever the case. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you, you need an ample amount of sleep, right? I mean, that's part of your productivity. I want people to hear what I'm not saying. Um, but just make sure that there is a drive in you, a diligence in you, and prepare on the front end so that you can be victorious on the back end. Excellent. I'm really interested to see what you're going to say about this. Think about your greatest success that you've experienced so far in your working life and walk us through the steps you took to reach that milestone. Yeah. Well, and this may be a little bit different than, than what others might say. I mean, they, they may ascribe it to a certain event or a business opportunity or something that came their way. But I, I think my greatest success was never compromising my calling. Mm-hmm. And and I was nice. very fortunate to to know what was in my heart to do from an early age in high school. Now, it was very vague, and it was it was very broad. And over the years, I've sort of come down the funnel and, and kind of narrowed that focus a little bit more. But I was fortunate at an early age in high school um, to really get a sense of what my, my calling in life was. Not a career and, and, and not just a, a, a job or something, but my calling, meaning that the thing that I wanted to give my life to do. And that was people. Okay, mm-hmm. It really came down to making a difference in people's life. And, uh, and I was fortunate enough to do that. Now, for me, when I say my greatest success was never compromising my calling, the steps that I took to get there was I was willing to do whatever it took. In fact, for the first so many years of out of high school, I lived in the basement of my mentor's houses, all right, two different ones at two different times. And I literally, in one, he didn't even have a, it was an unfinished basement. I was in the corner. I put up a sheet for my wall, and, and I, I think I slept on a sleeping bag on the floor for about a year, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I, because I wanted to be surrounded by the right people that were going to pour into my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care how much money I had. I didn't care about what it took. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I just knew that I wanted to be everything I could be, and I wanted to surround myself with opportunities to do that. So for me, I I paid the price. I was willing to pay the price early on of doing whatever it takes. Now, you don't just pay the price once, right? It's an ongoing payment. It always is. Success is never a – you don't buy success. It's not a one-time transaction Mm -hmm. where you lay down some high cost uh, and then say, I'm good to go now. No, it's an ever – ever evolving pavement so it's a journey pavement. not a destination it is absolutely and, and the, there's always a price to pay there always will be for the next level I was fortunate enough to pay some big prices early on um, and I think I paid the biggest ones early on because of that mm-hmm. now obviously if you're married and that you know there's some limitations on you mentioned on your podcast I was listening to you, you know you said if I was single I think I'd be living in a car and uh, doing whatever it took to to you know, get you know, live out of my car and, and do this and do that and things like that. But 
it's different, right, when you're in different seasons of your life yeah. with family, with different things. But there's always a price, but make sure that you're willing to pay it yeah. and, and whatever it takes. And and I think my greatest success, when I look back, I, w- I would say that it's not been in what I've done. It's been in who I've become. And that's somebody that is committed to the calling that is in my heart to make a difference in this world. And nothing will steal that from me. Nothing will ever cause me to run from that. Not money, not this, not that, whatever it is, nothing will. But that's because I have a very strong sense of who I am and what I'm put on this earth to do. And so I'd encourage people to find that out, right? I think it was Mark Twain that said the two greatest days of your life is the day you were born and the day you find out why, right? Those are huge things. Powerful. Yeah, and when you can figure out, you know, or be grateful for those two things, especially the why, you know, you were born, uh, you're going to begin to – things become clear when you start knowing who you are and where your significant value is. So for me, it's been never compromising that calling and just uh, you know, being able to say, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes and, and, and just keeping that at the forefront. What I love about that is no one's ever answered that question that way. And yeah. that's the thing that's so cool about this is – I literally ask each guest the same questions, and you yeah. never get the same responses. Yeah. And so it different it's perspectives. Just, uh, yeah, and... it's this original content machine that keeps delivering new and fresh things to the listeners, and I love it, man. Uh, well, and I'll tell you this. Fun. Looking fun. back at my life, I can tell you I will never say my greatest success was how much money I made or how much fame or how many books I wrote or how many people I coached or how many businesses I helped or whatever. It's not going to be that. It's going to be did I – be true to myself. Bronnie Ware, I think is her name, she wrote a book years ago. Uh, she was a hospice nurse, and she wrote a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm-hmm. And she spent years of her life spending the last days of, of people's life with them in, in hospice care. And, and so basically there was a commonality of everybody's regret. I mean, across the board, male, female, everything, no matter how their wealth status, I mean, the poor to the most successful, didn't matter. They all said the exact same thing. And the number one regret, number one, you can go read the book to get the other ones, but the number one regret was, I wish I would have been true to myself and not the person that others wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when I get done with my life, my greatest success is not going to be how much money, all those things that I mentioned, the books, all that, mm-hmm. it's going to be that I stayed true to the calling that was in my heart. That's it. That's all that lasts. And that's the greatest legacy you can leave. It's not money. It's not how many books. It's that you were true to who you were called to be because it inspired other people along the journey. So that, to me, that's why it, it would be the greatest success. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, people listening to this, uh, obviously there's a lot of just unbelievably valuable content with this show. Uh, this one in particular is really, really, uh, this is awesome. Uh, what advice would you give to those people listening on how they may be able to experience their own breakthrough? And what I want you to think about is how would they kind of get started going down that road? Yeah. Well, I, I think this, I think it starts with believing in yourself. And I know that kind of sounds somewhat cliche maybe. You know, I mean, you hear that a lot, right, to believe in yourself. But but truly, uh, strip away the hype around it, the cliche, the whatever about it, or your maybe even your, um, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Resistance to that. Like, well, there's got to be more. Okay, I, I got that. You don't have it. You don't have it. Believing in yourself is literally where everything starts. If you study highly successful people, which I've done for years, highly successful people, there's a commonality with all of them. 
and, and I'd say the number one commonality is this. They think way differently than most people, way differently, extremely differently. Mm-hmm. And, and it's their thinking that really changes their actions, which changes their results. You know, I often say this. The only limit that you have is the belief that you have one. Yep. And that's a mindset, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you have breakthrough in your life, man? How do you get started? Where It all starts in your mind. If you're, if you're looking to change your, your, your habits, if you're looking to change your actions, you don't start there. You start with the way that you approach, right? You love golf. You're a huge golfer, right? I do love golf, All right. although my game wouldn't let you know that. <laughs> I don't get to play as much as I like, but I do Nuts. love the game. Well, and, and in golf, what, what, what do they teach you, right? How you approach the ball mm-hmm. when you tee off mm-hmm. determines everything, yep. right? Yep. Even before your swing, even before you – your swing can be great, but if your approach is wrong, right, and all mm-hmm. this, your technique can be right, but if your approach is off, you're going to miss a thing. In fact, I wouldn't even say this. It just in the aim, right? In the approach, yep. you could have a great swing, you could have great this technique, everything. I mean, but if you're aimed in the wrong direction, man, you can smack that ball as hard as you want, go 300 yards in the wrong in fairway, the wrong <laughs> fairway, right? Yep. And so it's important that you get first things first, right? And that's your thinking. Yep. And if your thinking can get lined up, your actions will follow suit, and your actions become your habits, and your habits become your results, right? So it's the idea that how can people have a breakthrough? Number one, it starts in your mind. Stop saying that you can't do something. Stop believing that you don't have what it takes. Stop making excuses for everything in your life. Quit thinking about what could go wrong and spend your time thinking about what could go right. You waste your life when you spend it on thinking what could go wrong. There's no fruit in thinking negativity. There's no fruit. There's nothing good that comes from it. However, if you spend a half hour stressing over something and thinking how it could go wrong, you've missed a half hour figuring out how everything could go right. You've missed 30 minutes of strategizing on how things could go right. And, and the truth be told is this. I, I mentioned the law of attraction earlier, but and I'm a big believer in this, that – you know, what you begin to to think about and communicate, you know where the word communicate comes from? This is great. You're going to love this. The word communicate com- comes from the word uh, unity, to come into community with something, right? Communicate. Mm-hmm. So when you communicate, it means to come into harmony with something. Too many people are communicating these negative beliefs about themselves, right? Whether it's to themselves they're communicating it or they're saying it out loud. It doesn't matter. Right, the, the law of attraction doesn't matter if you say it out loud or you think it. Right, it puts off the same vibration, it puts off the same result, and all that stuff. It has the same fruit, right? Whether whatever it is. So, what you communicate to yourself internally and what you communicate externally will always determine your result because it will bring into harmony. It will come into community with it. So, what you communicate, you will come into community with. That's where we get the word unity, uni from the Latin, which means one. That's where communicate, uni. Right in community, all these words are all inter- interlinked. So the way that you talk to yourself and the way you talk about yourself will determine the results that you get in life because you will come into community, you will come into harmony with that which you spend your time thinking and talking about. Does that make sense? It does. So how do people break through? You change the, what you think and you change the way that you talk. And not just to others, but the way you talk to yourself because the most important person that you talk to is not others, it's yourself. That's the most important person that you communicate with every day is yourself. I think you'll find this a little funny and so some people listening, but when I really get fired up with myself in a good way, 
Well, it's funny. Let me back up. So if I'm going down a path I don't like and I don't like my results, I get I get pissed off. I get yeah. mad at myself and I scream at myself in my head, almost thinking like a basketball coach yelling at a player. Yeah. I used to play a lot of basketball. And when I start doing things differently and I start to see things happen, I get so fired up and I'm just like, let's go. And I, I just get so pumped in my head. So in my head, I'm running around screaming like I'm on the side of a high school yeah. know, championship game or something. It's <laughs> funny, but... Um, I can definitely see in my own life in a very short amount of time when I go from, you know, I, I guess falling into that that route of being passive and starting to talk yourself down, when I switch over into getting fired up, man, stuff changes quick. Yes. And when I get focused, I start talking fast, I start hopping around, I start, man, that's good yes. stuff. When I'm in the zone, I'm, I'm getting where I want to go. Yeah. That's a powerful feeling. I don't want it to ever go away. It so. is, and it all starts internally, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. Right? I mean, you can, I mean, fire yourself up. Just the other day, I was on the treadmill, and I was just, I'd given it all I got. I was running. I was running out of gas. And in, in the last few minutes of, of my, my workout, uh, I just, I turn it up to, like, level 8 or 9, and I just kind of give it everything I got. I'm, I'm not the 10 yet, but, you know, 8 mm-hmm. or 9. Mm-hmm. And, and just run for a few minutes at that pace. And, and I always get tired. And here's what it's so – and there's been studies done on this. They're pretty fascinating. But um, one of the things that, that will change everything is the moment I start telling myself I'm tired, I'm getting worn out, I don't know if I can finish, oh, my gosh, man, am I breathing? My, you know, and, and all of a sudden I'll start to see myself drop, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and literally what I'm thinking is affecting my, my physical mm-hmm. you know, being. The, what I'll do sometimes is I'll flip the switch, man. And I'll just I'll act like I'm in a race. Mm-hmm. It's the last, you know, and I'll, and I'll kind of like what you said. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll puff out my chest and I'll just focus my eyes to some point on the wall and I'll just start saying to myself, "You got this, buddy. You can do it. You can make it. Give it everything you got, John. You can do this." And I'll do it. And I'm telling you, I mean, I start running faster than what the treadmill's going. I'll start tripping <laughs> over myself, right? And here I was about ready to, you yeah. know, just hit stop. Because I was I, – and if I would have allowed that sort of negative, like defeated, tired mindset, mm-hmm. I would have, right? I would have yeah. quit and, and my body would have said that and done that and said thank you. But you know what? I, I put my body in the submission. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Corinthians. He said, look, when someone goes into training, they beat themselves in the submission, man. They, 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 they say that you've got to give it everything you got so that you can be the best, so that you can win the prize. And, and that's what I'll do. I'll start to just change my mindset. And guess what? It changes my physical energy. Mm-hmm. In fact, and when I said studies are done on this, your body will begin to release those hormones that begin to give you motivation. Yeah. They drive ener- You have an energy the boost. They call runner's high. Yeah. yeah, runner's high. Right. You get all of a sudden you get a, a, a surge of energy. Mm-hmm. Where did it start? Right in your mind. Yeah. What What are you saying to yourself? What are you thinking? So that's what I. If you want a breakthrough in your life, if you're on the treadmill and you find yourself tired, you find yourself beaten down, you find yourself sweating and just going, how much longer? What is the deal? I want you to change the way that you're thinking and talking, and I want you to start psyching yourself up and start surging your energy by saying, you got this. You can do it. There's no limits. You can make it happen. You've got everything it takes. And you begin to speak that way and think that way. You will get filled with the ideas. You'll get filled with the the howls on how to do things. You'll get filled with everything that you need to accomplish that which you're setting out to do. But it all starts there. So that's how you break through. Nice. When I was watching John talk about his time on the treadmill, I couldn't help but think about I have the tiger playing Rocky <laughs> three right. when Rocky dun, pulls away dun, from dun, Apollo dun. on the beach. <laughs> that's right. That's man. awesome. It's like slow motion. Oh yeah. 
Well, this will be interesting as well. Uh, what is your number one professional goal that you are seeking right now, and how do you plan on getting there? Yeah. Well, I, currently it's this. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's not this. Or in, or can you narrow it down to one? No, but I will. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, have, there, I have so many irons in the fire that's hard. But I will say that I would say the next project, which is – you know, ultimately a professional goal, uh, is the new book I'm working on called Leadology. I've, I've got nice. uh, one of my books that did really well called Faithology, and it's 12 Ideas to Rock Your Faith. And I've just taken these 12 kind of concepts. They're all very different, but they're all under the banner of faith. How do you have more faith? How do you really, you know, get to a point where you're just being rocked in your life in a good way where you're able to do everything that you've been called to do? So this book, Faithology, did very well. It's a quick read. I call it a book for people that don't like to read mm-hmm. uh, because it's short uh, mm-hmm. little ideas. There's just 12. They're very short. There's pictures in the book. It's pretty cool. Nice. And uh, it's just really quick. It's just um, just a good boost of energy. But I'm working on a leadership book in this ology series. Um, this is part of the overarching goals. I'm going to create this ology series, Faithology being the first. Uh, Leadology is the book I'm working on now, and it's 12 nice. leadership ideas to basically amplify your leadership. And uh, and so these are 12 separate ideas uh, all under the banner of leadership, but 12 very different um, aspects of leadership. And so I'm, I'm down the home stretch of that. And, and I'm getting on that. And basically the steps art of that is, is just breaking it down, right? I, I, people, I coach some people on writing books, and, and I help them publish books and, and produce books and things like that, kind of on the side here and there to some people. But uh, one of the big questions I get asked a lot, because uh, a lot of people want to write a book, you know, whether it's an e-book or, or something or a memoir or, or whatever the case. And, and so I get a lot of questions, and I do a lot of coaching on that. But uh, one of the things people ask is, well, how do you even start writing a book? I mean, what is it? And, um, and, and, and I've, in fact, I've got a whole thing called How to Write a Book. It's a two-hour phone call. It's a phone cast that I did years ago mm-hmm. uh, where people called in. And they, it was like 35 or 40 bucks or something. They called in. I did a whole teaching, some Q&A at the end. But it's, I, I, I laid out a whole six-page plan on how to write a book. It's pretty cool. You can go check it out. But, um, but anyway, when people ask, how do you write a book? Well, you've got to break it down, obviously, right? I mean, it's like anything. If you just... It's the whole elephant, you know, concept. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? If you're even going to eat an elephant, I don't even know if those are edible. But anyway, uh, if you were, I guess I don't know. If it's illegal either, but you know, <laughs> one bite at a time. How do you eat a steak? Let's just say there that you go. Right? one bite at a time. Um, but basically, just you know, you just ask, what are the steps I'm doing to get there? It's really breaking it into really uh, um, finite, you know, pieces. Really, just small pieces. And basically, what that means is, is of course, I had twelve. There's twelve ideas in the book. So obviously you can imagine, well, I broke down those 12, but then each one of those got broken down into sections, and each one of those kind of get broken down into time frames where I write those, I edit those, I tweak those, I work with others that are editing and kind of crafting some of that. So basically it's it's breaking down everything, every project, everything that you want to do in life. Again, I go back to what I first said about planning. For every minute you spend planning, you, you save about 10 to 12 minutes in execution. So the idea that... If you can really be prepared, right, the, the way that you write a book is that you spend more time planning the, on the front end of how you're going to do it so that when it's time to write it, it's just so easy. The, when, when you've done a great job at preparing writing a book, the easiest part to writing a book is writing it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. When you break down your chapters and you break down your flow and you break down your points and you just get all that, 90% of the work is done for you at that point, right? You've mm-hmm. got the whole map of it. Now you just got to kind of go fill in the pieces and put meat on the bones a little bit. The bones are the hardest thing. 
Um, so for me, the, the next goal that I'm working on is this leadology book. I'm very, very excited to have a resource for the leadership community. I have a lot of resources for the faith community component of what I do, but the leadership one is I'm very excited about. It's really going to be a big door opener for me. Um, but leadology and then it's breaking those down, and I'm really down to the last few ideas, uh, getting those out, and, and then I'll be hopefully here in the next few months uh, is, is, is my target to, to launch that and get it going. Awesome. Yeah. If you get the itch to uh, give away a signed copy of Faithology, yes. I would love to give it a home. Well, absolutely, <laughs> man. Uh, after my last show with uh, Mr. McBroom, I said, you know what? I might as well get all the books I can That's get. That's right, so, man. Uh, as, a po- as, as a host, you get, you get the free resources, man. <laughs> Living the good life. That's right, buddy. All right. What inspires you about others? I think what inspires me about other people is, is the unlimited potential inside of them. And it's the uniqueness that they have to offer. You know, one term that I hate people using is, I'm just a fill-in-the-blank. The word just, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a cuss word. It, it, it's a bad word. It's, it's evil. It's disgusting. It's sickening. And it's so stinking limiting. Yep. I'm just this. Yep. Well, I'm just working on that. Well, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not there. I'm just at this level. Quit saying just because you're belittling this uniqueness that you have to offer. All right. Well, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a, you know, salesman here. Well, I'm just this. Well, I'm just a podcaster. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm not a big author. I'm just kind of a, you know, just kind of getting started. I'm, I'm just starting. Right. Stop saying just. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you've already. You're again. I'll go back to the mindset. You've already communicated a belief. You've already communicated it in, in ten seconds. Right. Out, out, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. So when you talk like, well, I'm just this, you're already limiting yourself. So what drives me and inspires me is to see people move from I'm just to I am. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Not I'm just this. No, no, no. And they own it. I am a teacher. I am a podcaster. I am an author. I am someone that helps people develop their business. I am a coach. I am a, you know, whatever the salesman, whatever it is. So to me, what inspires me is for people to come into harmony and own who they are and what they were created to do. And if I can come alongside and help inspire that and pull that out of you, right? The word educate comes from the, the, the Latin word educo, which means to draw out from within. So in, in my business and what I do, my calling in life is to help educate people, not from a, a just cerebral context of educating them with you know information, but educating them on themselves, meaning to pull out the potential, draw out from within, right? So uh, you don't teach somebody, you don't educate them when you give them the answer. You only educate them when you help them come to the conclusion themselves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And a great coach, a great leader, a great person that's going to help people is not somebody who just comes in and gives you all the answers and says, you know, eat these two things and call me in the morning, you know, uh, or do these two things and call me tomorrow. It's someone who comes in and helps develop. It's the whole give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. A true leader educator, a true coach coined that phrase because it was in their heart to educate. If you think back to Jesus, when people came to Jesus and said, Jesus, who are you? He didn't say, I'm the son of God. What do you have to say about that? He would say this. <laughs> He'd say, who do you say that I am? Yeah. 
he was getting them to come to the conclusion themselves yep. because he was drawing out. He was a rabbi, a teacher. Hello. He was educating. He was drawing out the potential. If they could come to that conclusion that he truly is the son of God, then they would be in harmony with that. Then they would be willing to follow and do whatever it took. So to me, it's being able to educate people. When, when I see them come into harmony with who they are and they own it, they don't just say, I'm just. They say, I am. Then I start saying, oh, come on, baby. Then I get fired <laughs> up, right? Because yeah. then they're going to offer this world everything that's in unique in them to offer. And that's something special, man. Everybody's got something unique. I don't care if 20 million people are doing what you do. They're not doing what you can do. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So stop saying, well, everybody already does this. I'm just a teacher. There's tons of teachers. Stop saying that. Yeah. There's no one like you. Yep. You're going to bring your uniqueness to it. So stop saying I'm just and start saying I am and owning who it is that you're you're called to be. So that inspires me. I get yeah. fired up when people well, come into tell. harmony with that. That's good so. stuff, man. <laughs> well, let's talk about fear for a moment. Yeah. Fear is obviously something that uh, everybody deals with in one way or another. Uh, how do you overcome yours? Jump in way over my head and just go. We have a saying on the John Maxwell team, jump and build your wings on the way down. I love that. And, and its idea is this. Again, I, I alluded to it earlier. Nobody's without fear. I mean, if you're waiting to not have any fear to step out, then – you're toast, right? I mean, that, that, faith doesn't mean that you've stepped out because fear was removed. Faith just means you've stepped out in spite of your fear, right? Yeah, and I, I would mean, say if people have no fear, they're way too comfortable in their life. Yeah. You're probably spending it in a closet with padding on all four walls, yeah. sucking your thumb. Yeah. And what's the fun in that, you know? Yeah, there, if there's no resistance to what you want to do, again, you're not dreaming big enough. No. You know, you, you should feel a little bit. So we're all going to feel fear. That That's okay. There's nothing wrong with you if you've got a little bit of fear. What's wrong is when you allow the fear to outweigh your faith, when you allow it to keep you. Fear can be a speed bump, but it was never meant to be a stop sign mm -hmm. on the journey of success. And we've got to make sure that we don't turn fear that was maybe a speed bump into a stop sign. When fear becomes your stop sign, you're not going to journey any further. Now, it'll be a speed bump, right? And that's okay. You know, they're there to keep us in check, to make sure that we're not getting crazy, you know what I mean, and, and, and doing things that are just, you know, flying 90,000 miles an hour and, and hurting yourself and potentially others, right? But it's meant to be a speed bump. Don't make it a stop sign. And so, say, so how do you overcome your fear? I just go. You know what I mean? I just, you know, I don't treat it as stuff. So I jump in over my head. I just say yes, and I jump, right? If someone says, hey, John, we need you to do this, I don't go, well, I, I don't know if I can do that. I say, okay, you got it. I'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. And what you're doing is obviously working for you. So, uh, yeah, ladies and it, gentlemen, pay attention to that. I mean, it's uh, he's, he's doing some things, and that approach uh, is, is awesome, and it's working for him. So. Yeah. What are the most impactful words of wisdom that you ever heard? And I know you've had a lot of mentors and influences, yeah. and this will be interesting to hear what you have to say. It is. This is, this is hard. Uh, the, the, the most impactful words of wisdom is the last thing I ever heard. Okay. So it's uh, – and I, what I mean by that is that to, to go back and, and to say something I, is just – it's too vast. Um, I'm such a learner in, of life and, and that, so I'm always just surrounding myself with content, with mentors, with podcasts like this and, and other things Thank you. so that I can develop myself. Um, so to me, it's whatever the last person said, but, but I will pick something. I'll, I'll say this, and, and it's Proverbs 23.7, and I'll use this. I think this is one of the most impactful scriptures in my life in, in, in terms of just my development, and it's Proverbs 23.7. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And that 
is incredible. Again, I, I talked about earlier that it all starts in your thinking. Yep. And the Bible starts, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That kind of sums up everything you've said today. It is. Honestly. It is. And, uh, in fact, James Allen, there's a book that I encourage everybody to get. It'll take you literally about two hours to read the thing. It's probably, I don't know, 30 pages long. Sure. And it's an old book uh, by James Allen called As a Man Thinketh. And you, you need to get this book now, today, order it, get it, and 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 read it because I in fact I I read it I've, I've read thousands upon thousands you saw my library oh yeah yeah I, I I'm leaders are readers man I read as as often as I can and I have a whole growth system that's a whole other story but I've I've read uh, five books a month and and I and I've got a whole system on that it's it's a whole breakdown of how I do that I help people develop a, a growth plan for their life as well but anyway there's a whole nother sign it but there's one book that I keep in my bag with me at all times one book out of out of probably 5,000 10,000 plus books I've read in my life there's one book and it's as a man thinketh mm-hmm. okay now I've got my bible on my phone so that you know that, yep. I always have that book with he me. likes his technology but, that's right but uh, as I keep a physical copy of as a man thinketh in my book bag at all times it's one of those books that I started to highlight, and then I just stopped and said I should highlight what I don't like rather than what I do because I'm highlighting the entire thing, yeah. right? And it just became fruitless at that point. Yellow because pages. It, yeah, <laughs> it was like it's, it's the whole book. But you need to get it as a man think uh, as a man thinketh by James Allen. But it comes from Proverbs twenty three seven. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. That is some words of wisdom from Solomon, the wisest guy on the planet. Very good. Well, now that we're aware that you're addicted to reading, <laughs> of all the books that you've read and written Mm -hmm. share with us a title that you'd recommend to our listeners yeah that that's an incredibly difficult one because again (laughs) i i read um five books a month that's my growth plan i'll pick up a few extra extracurricular ones every now and then um so that's very hard because the book there's so many great books out there um you know i've heard of this guy john barrett he's got incredible books you should go pick them up and, uh, and get those. But no, okay, that was a little plug for myself. Um, no, there's a book that I do want to recommend. I, I think it's a must-read for everyone. Uh, of course, I mentioned As a Man Thinker. That's a big one. But I'm going to – Psycho-Cybernetics uh, by Dr. Malcolm Maltz. Uh, fantastic book. Malcolm Maltz was a plastic surgeon uh, back in the, gosh, 50s. And uh, basically what happened was he was, he was fixing people from all of these – um, traumatic experiences or just people coming in saying, I, I feel horrible about myself. I hate my nose. I hate my chin. I hate this. I hate that. Will you help me feel better about myself and look better and all that? So he began to do all these things, right? Whether it reconstructive surgery and he would fix these people. And what he would do is, is he would find that he would give them exactly what they wanted. Perfect nose, perfect chin, perfect this, all that. He would, you know, take people's, um, uh, uh, you know, mess ups from, from whatever happened, an accident and just, you know, turn it out beautiful. But he began to find out that they didn't change on the inside, right? They mm-hmm. still were not confident. Mm-hmm. They still felt ugly. They still operated from the same mindset that they did, even though they got what they wanted. Band-aid Their outside solution. changed. And he, so that led him into, he thought, if I'm going to be a great plastic surgeon, I can't just fix the outside of somebody. I have to learn how to f- help fix the psychology on the inside. That led him into a huge lifelong study of psychology, um, which in, in Psycho-Cybernetics is one of the biggest selling books ever on success and psychology, um, you know, along with Napoleon Hill and some of these. But uh, it's Psycho-Cybernetics, it is a must-read. If you are a human breathing on this planet, it, it, you have to read this book because it helps you shape and understand your thoughts and the way that you think about yourself, how it affects everything in your life. 
fantastic practical book that you're going to love. Dr. Malcolm Maltz was just a great guy, genuine guy, just an incredible man. And uh, you need to get the book Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Malcolm Maltz. There are several versions of it. Um, I love the old versions. I know they do a lot of like updated mm-hmm. and revised, you know, from 1950 to modern day language, uh, which is fine. I mean, there's still great content, but I, I really suggest if you can hang with it, getting the original copies of that. Just they're so rich, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe a little bit different um, analogies and statistics that are a little bit outdated, but uh, it, it's just it's it's so rich in content. But I really suggest Psycho Cybernetics is a must read for everybody. Awesome. Well, if our listeners want to reach out to you to learn more about you, your company, your resources, anything, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, well, what I call my front porch, right? So if if you want to come over and and hang out and if I can add (laughs) value to you, uh, my front porch is johnbarrettblog.com. Uh, I've got a lot of websites, and because my, you know, I, I've got so many different things that I do, whether it's art, whether it's music, graphic arts, coaching, leadership, speaking, just books, all these things. There, there's just so many, but I would say my my front porch is go to johnbarrettblog.com. It's where I can add the most value for you, uh, without you having to do anything. So you're going to get blogs on there, podcast, great content on there. There's a free ebook on how to get more time, four principles in there that'll really help your life and, and really shape that. Um, but th- that that's the front porch. So go to johnbarrettblog.com, get connected there where I can just inspire you, encourage you, motivate you, and maybe help shape some of that thinking, the right kind of thinking. And through there, you can get in touch with me on all these other opportunities. You can, you'll see my books on there and some resources and just, there's just all kinds of stuff. So, but go there first, johnbarrettblog.com and just check me out, say, hey, uh, leave a comment, send me an email, all that stuff. Um, but more importantly than anything, just get value there. Mm-hmm. So that you can just get inspired and wake up every day with just just like you know a lot of people wake up with coffee or, or you know drink a glass of water to start their day to get their metabolism running. Get your spirit running first thing in the morning. The best way to do that is to listen to Jason's podcast, go over to my blog, do these things that are going to help inspire you to kind of get you going so that you can get that that first start of the day in the right way. Very nice. And guys, I, I, uh, I've been to his website several times. Very, very, very rich in resources and content. Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely want to check it out. It's a, a website I aspire to, to get one like it someday. It's just so Thank much you. time that goes into it. Uh, like he mentioned, he's a, the only podcaster I know besides myself. Check out his podcast. It's Faithology. Mm-hmm. It's available in the iTunes store. Uh, currently, you're doing a monthly release. Is that right? Yeah. Each month, we're coming out with a, a new one. So just some interviews and then some other just inspiration kind of under the banner of faith and just really being the best you can be in raising your faith. But yeah, if you guys haven't noticed, he's uh, very good on here, and his podcast is very well produced as well. So check it out. Thank you. Well, John, I appreciate the heck out of this, and I have a funny yeah. feeling this won't be the last time we talk on here. <laughs> I hope so, my friend. I'm going to have you on my podcast awesome. as well. So. Awesome, awesome. It's well, great being good. here, Jason. I appreciate you letting me come in and, and chat with you and your listeners. And uh, just you're doing great things, man. Keep it up. And uh, people that are that. listening to this, uh, definitely tell your friends about it so that they can get, get some good value from this as well. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. We are back to the show. What would you guys think about that? Pretty good, huh? Yeah, John's awesome and has been a great friend to me and a great mentor as well. So continue. uh I think we'll continue to see him, you know, do more and more and influence people. And I'm trying to do the same thing. So that is awesome stuff. 
Well, if you guys uh, want to stay in touch with what we're doing at Intentionally Inspirational, um, you know, we're growing into the blog and the Intentionally Inspirational TV, like I mentioned earlier in the show. If you guys really want to stay in touch with what we're doing when we're doing it, the best thing I can tell you is subscribe to our email list. So if you go to our website and you click on the contact tab, there's a link in there um, that just you click and it takes you to a sign-up list for the weekly email. So what I'll do is when I send that out, it'll have the week's podcast in there, a link to them. It'll have the blog and other things for you as well. So it's a great way you can support the show. Obviously, it costs you nothing and keeps you tuned in and in the loop. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening. It looks like the audience size is growing, so we must be doing something right. If you guys have any suggestions at always, I'd love to hear them. And shoot me an email at inspire at grayfoxbusiness.com. Uh, You guys have a great week, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our show. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. In order to get all of the information and resources from this podcast, visit intentionallyinspirational.com and check out the must-read show notes for this episode. See you next time.